Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Veracity Networks, and my good friend, Drew Peterson. Thank you for believing in me. And I also would like to thank Paul Cardall for that beautiful music he is allowing me to use as part of this uh, belief cast today. And then I'd like to thank uh, my all my past guests and all my listeners today. Thank you for believing in me and sharing this message. We're inspiring hundreds of thousands of people now, which is just mind blowing. And uh, I, you know, the guest that's on today, we were just talking about what's the success of this belief cast. And I was telling her it's because of the guests like her. And uh, I'm so grateful for you guys to get to know this amazing person. Her name is Katie Grimes. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Let me give you a little background on Katie. Um, uh, she's an international sober dating coach to spiritual women all, of all backgrounds. As a digital co course creator, um, thought leader on the subject of emotional sobriety and the host of Anything for Love podcast, she mentors other women to trust their intuition and to be and to be guided to miraculous shifts in their thoughts, feelings, and life experiences. She teaches women that their relationship with themselves starts with love and increases their freedom to live more fully. Um, it is her intention to increase the number of emotionally empowered women in the world. And I'm excited. This, this Katie is a powerhouse and she's energetic. Uh, and we were just talking about that, how confident she is. Uh, it may not have always been that way, but I can't wait for to get to know her better. So Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> so why don't we start with, you know, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and uh, about your family life. Yeah. So I grew up in Pembroke, Massachusetts, which is just an hour north of Boston. Most people ask me, where the heck is my Boston accent? <laughs> and I tell them that it used to come out when I would drink or when I would drive. And by oh. the way, I didn't always drink and drive. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so that's when my accent would come out. But um, I grew up as an only child. And I think a lot of common misconceptions is that only child, our only children are spoiled and, and whatnot. But right. for me, I was surrounded by my mom was a family of five, dad, family of six. And so my aunts and uncles really served as sort of those brothers and sisters. My parents were divorced when I was three. We lived on the beach at that time. And I think that's where I fell for my love of the beach and love of great music because my parents have really great taste in music. Oh, right on. Um, and it's, it's why I try to incorporate a lot of music into the work that I do as well. Um, sure. But yeah, so my parents grew up, my mom, the last thing I'll share too is that my mom really struggled from alcoholism. Um, and at the time we didn't know it was alcoholism and we didn't know that it was uh, love addiction as well, which I'll explain what that is shortly. Yeah. But um. Yeah. And then for my dad, you know, he grew up in an environment where there was a lot of smoking and drinking and his parents died at a really young age. And so we had a lot of that trauma, um, a lot of like, yeah. let's not talk about the past. Right. Let's only just have fun and enjoy now. Um, so I got a little bit of both from my parents. And now that I've done the work on myself, I realized, oh, OK, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that had to have been a difficult time, though, obviously, going through that, watching your mom go through that and kind of, you know, again, I'm excited to, you know, have your, our listeners talk about what this love addiction is and what you do for a living now. And, but I would imagine as a kid going through that and seeing that, um, do you think that fueled kind of your behavior as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, now that I've been healing and, and in recovery for the last 10 years and really understanding, like, how is it that our parents, the people that raised us, uh, those that we surrounded ourselves with at a young age impacted the way that we grew up. And I, I think from like just focusing on my mom for a second, 
you know, I, I like the phrase, I was trying to make sense of something that made no sense. Right. Feeling like she was choosing the bar over me, but in the same breath, yeah. she'd come home and not be drunk and be so loving and thoughtful. And she'd give the shirt off her back to anybody who needed it. And I always would say to her, I feel like I come last, but really oh, wow. her intention was always to provide and to be independent and to support. And so I think, um, you know, I, I got a lot of that from her, but I think what I also got growing up was a lot of anger and a lot of resentment and not understanding, like, why is it that I don't feel like a priority? Why is it that I don't feel loved? Whereas my dad, on the other hand, right. I was, al was always the first to show up to dance class. Like he was the one that was picking me up 15 <laughs> right. minutes before class even ended because he never wanted me to be standing outside by myself. And, um, was always into doing things that were just fun and exciting, but not going really deep. You know, okay. it was always just yeah. pretty surface level. Surface level. And yeah. so, yeah, totally. So, as he's gotten older and I've recovered more, our relationship has grown immensely. You know, I think growing up, my mom and I were really best friends, but it was because we were incredibly codependent. Um, okay. And my my mom had given my me the impression that my dad was quote unquote like a bad guy. And so as okay. I got older, I understood, no, this is a man who shows up when he says he will. He's yeah. constantly calling and letting me know that he's thinking about me, even if it's just like now we share reggae songs, you know, like <laughs> it's, right. it's uh, our relationship has definitely developed. And I'm very, I'm very grateful that I've done the work on myself to get to that place where I can now understand that relationship dynamic between the three of us. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that portion of it. Um, you know, like I said at the beginning, you're a very confident person. Were you like that as a young kid too? Were you this girl that walked around just, you know, you, you seem kind of like this kind of a spitfire, you know, power, you know, a lot of power and energy. <laughs> so it's funny you say that. <laughs> I would say that for, for me looking in, like as a young kid, I was, I didn't feel confident. But my friends, all my family members and all my friends' family members would say, oh, she's so confident. Right. I mean, I could, I can, I, I, we would be completely lost in the woods as young children. I'd be like, we need to go right. And I'd have no idea that we needed <laughs> to go right. We actually would need to go left. And okay. everybody would be like, you had us so convinced. Yeah. And I don't know, it was, I think I was really like, I'm 5'3". And so I think I, I tried <laughs> to pack a lot of punch and I right. think I was the the youngest in a lot of older siblings and was never really around children my age. So I think I grew up very quickly. And as a result of that, it, I think I made myself appear as that I was more confident. And I remember somebody at work once said to me, geez, you know, I never knew that I hurt your feelings because you're just oh. so confident. It seems like yeah. nothing bothers you. And that was a pivotal moment for me. I was like, oh, no, I've been stewing over this for like three weeks or something <laughs> she had said, you know? Really? Okay. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and I think that's typical of, you know, as we grow up, we're all kind of trying to find ourselves and we're trying to fit in and we're trying to like put on a happy smile a lot of times and a happy face. And, but a lot of times, you know, underneath the surface, like you're saying, we're, we're probably struggling with something on some yeah. level. And I think, I think that's, you know, obviously you notice that when you're coaching your clients, I'm sure mm -hmm. when you do that, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and I think one thing that I try to do differently in my coaching sessions, as well as just the platform that I have now to make a, an impact is to help reassure people that we don't always have to do the highlight reel of what Instagram or, or social media presents. Right. Um, so there are days where 
I'll get on and I'll talk about maybe like this week, I'm actually going to be sharing a little bit about a panic attack that I had had. And, um, you know, just, just be relatable. You know, I think we all are trying to live a beautiful life, but the reality is, is that we all go through stuff that really, we think we're the only ones that go through it. And so in my coaching, when, when my client is saying to me, I was in a corporate meeting and I felt like this need to talk, but then I had nothing to say, but then I was questioning myself. I'm like, Oh, I've been there. Did I ever tell you about the time? And I really try to tell them stories through teaching. And I often will hear from people saying, it's so reassuring. I thought I was like the only one. I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to share with you something that my, you know, sponsor in 12 steps said to me, she said, honey, you're not that important. And I mean that the most (laughs) loving way possible. You are not the only one who's going through this. And I was like, Oh, it was so comforting, but also a good chuckle, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. It's like, Hey, you're not special. I'm sorry. <laughs> you no. know, you know, and it's, I love that because, you know, we're either all special or we're all not special. I mean, we're all, like you said, we're all the same. We're all going through something. We're all trying to get through some difficult times. So it's not like somehow we're different, you know, and that kind of thing. And so, um, I love that you said that. Before we get into the meat of what you do, your, you know, your coaching and, you know, the sober dating coach, um, which I'm excited to have our listeners understand what that exactly means. Tell us how you, why did you go down in this road and how did it start? How did you start being a coach and tell us like your own battle of overcoming the things that you did with drinking and this and that? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, uh, I started coaching because truthfully, I got fired from a job back in April 12th of 2019. And my financial advisor always laughs at me and he says, how the hell do you know that date? And I said, well, that date was pivotal. The day I I got let go, it was the day that was a former best friend's um, birthday. And then it was also the anniversary of my stepmom's one year passing. But I had been coaching and mentoring and sponsoring through 12-step recovery for about four years at that point. Okay. And so I felt, and I loved self-help books. Like I loved anything Tony Robbins. And I mean, my shelf, my, my bookshelves are just stocked with personal and professional development. And so kind of rewind for a moment here. I had been, I got into 12 step recovery back in 2010, uh, nine or 10 And it was because I was dating somebody who was uh, essentially, I didn't realize, but had similar characteristics to that of my mom, the the love addiction, the sex addiction, the the alcoholism. And I couldn't figure out like, why are the highs so high and the lows so low with this person? And then what I found was I wasn't taking a break in between dating. I was just sort of on to the next. And so, um, you know, I I joined Al-Anon, which is for people to help understand, you know, the family addiction. And really started to stop pointing the finger and start be, stop being so angry. And, you know, I'm a happy-go-lucky person. Yeah. I, I don't show a lot of anger, but one or two people get me in the right spots, mom and this ex, and boy, I would <laughs> I'd be right. like, oh my God. And so <laughs> let's, you know, go fast forward here to 2015. I realized that I had an addiction to love. At that point, I'd, I'd been in uh, 12-step recovery for Al-Anon. I had gone to the money program so I could better understand how right. is it that I'm compulsively spending my money um, because I don't want to live like this anymore. And sure. then it became an obsession with the next person or this guy or, or, they, or how I'm going to dress. And I found that I was constantly seeking love and approval from everybody. And truth be told, 
uh, I had slept with a married, a married person. And I thought this is a, I mean, I was grew up Catholic. This is something you don't do. Todd. Like, right. and I found myself going, how is it that I'm so grossly misaligned from what I truly want and what yeah. I really value. And yet yeah. I'm taking these actions to find love and whether it's a one night stand or whether it is, um, a, com- a committed relationship where we're together for two years, but I'm questioning, I'm having such severe relationship anxiety the whole way through. Right. What I found was as I went through um, love addiction, there's sex and love addicts anonymous. And as I started to really understand that program, I thought, Oh man, like this is me to a T. And yeah. I started coaching women in that program and sponsoring them and helping share experience, strength and hope. And what I found was my phone was ringing off the hook, which was awesome. But two, I then started to bring some of that into my corporate gig. I started creating a group where we would talk about not just the physical stuff that was going on with us. Sure, we were working out and not drinking after the event. Instead, we'd get smoothies. Um, But then in addition to that, I then said, well, do you guys want to sit around roundtable style and we'll talk about our feelings? And what I found was the first event I ever held had 100 people. And I was like, oh, shoot, I'm on to something here. And so... I got let go because I was um, the victim of a crime in, in early of 2018. And I had mm. lost uh, three family members and my best Ooh. friend and I, we, we disengaged our relationship. And I got to tell you, the PTSD was so severe that I couldn't work. And wow. so work came to me and said, listen, we know, we know you've got this little side hustle going on. We know you're not really working here. Like we're, we gotta, we gotta let you go. And I'm like, of wow. course you do. I'm not working. Like I can't yeah. work. Yeah. Um, I really needed to be around people and an environment that allowed me to put my recovery first. So that's kind of, that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Wow. There's a lot there though. Um, there is. Yeah. yeah and, I'm happy to thank you anything. for sharing that. You know, it's interesting out of some of our, the most difficult things we ever go through to, uh, can end up being one of the greatest blessings. And, and that's really what you're doing now is you're, you're this woman who coaches other people, you're, you're, you're making an impact on a lot of people's lives. And so I'd like to get into kind of more of what you do specifically. Um, you, you, you're an international sober dating coach to spiritual women of all backgrounds. Describe that. And what would that look like for someone who doesn't understand what that means? Absolutely. So most people make the assumption that sober dating means that they're sober from drugs and alcohol, and now they're going to get back out there and they're going to start dating. That is true. That is a lot of the people who I coach. And, yeah. and now I've had the privilege of coaching quite a few men too, who have reached out. Oh, great. Um, but I find for me, what sober dating really means is that I am thinking thoughts, I'm feeling feelings, and I'm taking actions as it relates to my love life, where I feel really grounded and really supported. I'm not in my head. I'm not questioning, should I text them or should I not? I'm not sleeping with other people when I'm in a committed relationship. Okay. I'm not, um, you know, actively pursuing people who are emotionally unavailable and then wondering what it is that I could say or do differently. Right. Um, and the biggest thing that I help people understand is their feelings. You know, I'm a, I'm a big pers- uh, the, the biggest thing I say to my clients is, listen, good, fine, and busy are not adjectives to describe how you feel Yeah. when, when you're point. asked. And, And so we're completely disassociated from our feelings. I once had a friend that had a shirt that said, catch flights, 
not feelings because <laughs> she clearly did not want to catch feelings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I've really set out to help people understand that if you can understand how you feel, you can understand how it is that you're thinking, which is ultimately what's causing you to act out. So let me give you an example. If you're somebody who has broken up with somebody that you really loved and you thought that this was the one, you getting back out there or you scrolling their social media and then their family's social media to see what's going on is bringing you further away from yourself. Mm. But if you can look back on the relationship, and this is what I help people understand is like, if you can look back on the relationship, one, take some time off from dating to just focus on yourself and heal your heart. Yeah. But then two, let's look at why you were attracted to them. There's qualities and characteristics that are actually really important that you, that's why you quote unquote miss them or think are thinking about them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so those are things that you want to bring into the next relationship. And then I also help people learn how to trust themselves and to trust other people, because that is a common symptom of love addiction, which all love addiction is, is a compulsive need to be loved or, or find love from someone else and feel validated so that we'll feel good enough is just really helping people to understand, Hey, when you're in your head and you're like, should I, or should I not call them? You kind of take a step back and I call it building the pause where you just take a hot second to go, what do I need right now? Yeah. So that you don't take an impulsive action or be reactive to a family member or friend. And, and while this, while the work that I do, I, I advertise is very much focused about your love life and really not only taking time off from dating to heal your heart, but then getting back out there again, because I do believe Todd, we were put on this earth to love and be loved. We were not meant to be on this earth alone. Yeah. Um, I agree with that right is is really being able to to take a beat and realize okay not just the list of what do you need and why do you want it but then you got to get out there and practice and that means that you practice essentially in private if you're not if you're not dating practicing with your family members and your friends because if a lot mm-hmm. of the people that i work with have grown up in dysfunctional homes and they're and they're learning the difference between oh so that's why i'm showing up okay. the way that i am that's why i'm yeah. calling you know, looking at his social media or I'm can't break up with her and we keep going back around again and again and again. Oh, this is learned behavior. I learned this from mom and dad or the people that raised me. Wow. Yeah. That, that, you know, and you mentioned, we mentioned in your bio that, uh, the, you know, you teach women that the relationship with themselves starts with love. So explain that because, you know, we're looking for love, we're searching for love, right. But you're talking about, I'm assuming loving yourself. Is that yeah, what you're the saying age, there? It's the age old thing that my grandmother used to say to me. And I used to roll my eyes at her. <laughs> you need to love yourself before anybody else can love you. I, I'm a big believer that you can love yourself and learn to love someone else. So I, I want to switch that up a little bit, but okay. I do think that it's really tapping into our own intuition. What do we need? What do we want? Why are we taking the actions that we're taking? Why are we continually looking for validation outside of ourselves? What is it that we don't really like about ourselves? What are we ashamed about? What are we feeling guilty? What are the things that we've done in the past because we've tried to attract the right person that we're not super proud of? Right. And that's why I talk about openly sleeping with that married person because I do believe that it didn't define me. I was doing it in an act of desperation because I had this fantasy of what I thought life was going to be like. 
But if I turn inward and said, what am I craving? I'm craving marriage. I'm craving commitment. I'm craving. And then here's the big kicker. I was craving commitment because I didn't want to be left. Mm. And so when I can look at that and say, oh, shoot, the way that I show up in relationships, the way that I act with my money, the way that I act with my friends and my family is I Mm. always used to fear that they would leave me, that there would Mm. never be enough. So what did I do? I spent more time. I spent more money. I I compulsively reached out to them and felt like I was giving, giving, giving and never getting back all for the sake of trying to feel loved by them Yeah. when really it's a good time to just simple, simply, all right, why don't I check in on myself first, get myself some food, maybe a bathroom break yeah. and <laughs> get to a, get to therapy or a 12 step meeting or talk yeah. to my coach, whatever it may be and tap into my feelings. What do I need and what do I want right now? So right. then I can go do that for someone else or, or impact someone in a really positive way. Yeah. Do you find that that's what people struggle with the most where they, like you just said, taking time out and checking on yourself? Do you think people struggle with that? And and why do you think they struggle so much with that? I think we struggle. And I say we, because I definitely identify as this still being something that I'm actively working on is I think that I've, that personally I've struggled with. um, well, remind me of the question one more time. I just had like well, a, a do you brain find it, Do you find it hard? Do you, do you know, why is it so hard for us to check in with ourselves and do something for ourselves? Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I think my personal experience of this has been, it's hard to check in on what I'm thinking and feeling and needing because I don't want to feel pain. Right. I don't want to feel discomfort. I don't want to feel agitated, resentful. Those feelings don't feel good to me. Right. And so- <laughs> I used to, and sometimes still get in this pattern of going, going, going. And I'll give you a perfect example. Today, I was in the car. I had hung up one phone call. I'm sitting there. I'm about to go check my phone and maybe start scrolling through Instagram or email. And all of a sudden, I was like, what about just 10 solid deep breaths? Mm. It's something I've never done before. I had never practiced it, but I Mm. I just heard this. I was like, "I I think you need to sit with this feeling. And all of a sudden a memory popped up. Oh shoot. You need to call your boyfriend back. He called earlier, you know, (laughs) and then you immediately start going. But I was like, wow, I really think that most of us try to distract from feeling really terrible because feeling happy and joyful feels a heck of a lot better. Um, And some of us don't want the memories of what, what has caused a pain that has been similar to the feeling that we're feeling. Right. Well, and I, and I love your simple message there because it, it comes down to us just doing it. Like, you know, like you said, I've never done the 10 breaths, but you know, I'm going to do this right now. And, and again, I think it's just us taking some action is what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely. I, I think the first action is I always ask myself is what do I need right now? Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's so simple. Sometimes it's go to the bathroom. Like, and sometimes I forget <laughs> that because I'm just running around. Because you're so busy. Yeah. I, yeah I, you're busy. I hate to admit it, but I've been there where I'm like, I need to go to the bathroom. I've been, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've been like holding it for like an hour and right. um, or eating or, or whatever yeah. else. And I think I, I think so much of that chaos and that confusion and that go, go, go mentality was very much attributed to growing up in a dysfunctional home. And then now in my 30 plus years of being on this earth is like really identifying like I actually can trust that everything else is going to get done. If I just slow down, 
Right. And I used to hear that this was my biggest um, feedback from teachers, from coworkers, <laughs> from bosses is you need to slow down. You're going too fast. <laughs> and I was just on this fight or flight. I was, I was, I was, I was in flight mode. I was just going. Right. And I think it was because I didn't want to feel. And now I, I like to be able to just check in and say, all right, what do you need right now? And then go take the action of whatever that is. Right. No, I love it. I love it. Well, why don't we talk a little bit about what you, you offer? I mean, you, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've checked out your website all week long, like I said, and you've been featured in, you know, magazines and you've been on other podcasts nationally, you're doing all this amazing stuff. You know, I, you're not just this coach that, you know, you're more than that, I think. So can you kind of give a little more detail of what this would look like if someone wanted to reach out to you who's struggling with love or trying to find trust in a relationship and that kind of thing? What, what would they look, what would they be getting if they, if they show up to you? Absolutely. I thank you for asking that. I, I think, yeah. you know, the first thing I always like to do is jump on a phone call. And I know that as the business grows, that may not be the logical first step always, but I, I'm right. really hoping that it always will be because yeah. I really take a personal interest in getting to know the person that I'm working with. And it's because I do believe that trust is earned when you first, you know, show up for someone and you say that you're going to do something and then you continue to not pass judgment or shame. I, I say that there's three principles I work off of. There's no shame or judgment or criticism. I'm going to show up when I say I will. And we're going to keep what we talk about between us. If I can do those three things for you and you can do them for me, then we're going to trust each other. And so yeah. the ways that people can work with me is private coaching. It's okay. the most exclusive because that's the most amount of time I'm giving you. So sure, yeah. that is a higher ticket, you know, that's, 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 it's more money that way. Yeah. Um, group is everything that I possibly know of as well, but this time I'm putting you in a group of like-minded people. And the purpose of doing that is really so that you feel less alone with your thoughts and feelings because every single client I've ever talked to literally, I'm like, Oh, I should connect you with so-and-so because you two are saying the exact same thing. So right. I, the third, the second way is, um, is group. And then the third is, is digital courses, which is something you mentioned earlier. Yeah. You know, there are people who aren't in a position to pay, you know, in the thousands of dollars for coaching or, or use a payment plan, which is sometimes is in the hundreds, but I really try to make it affordable so that everybody can get the support that they need wherever they're at. So the digital courses are self-paced. And they give you a chance to really tap into your issue intuition and overcome your loneliness um, and give you the, the chance to say, oh, I'm going to I'm going to pay this off in six payments instead of paying it off in one. And right. it feels like a no brainer. So, yeah. yeah. And then the last way is, you know, if you're still if you're not ready to purchase, there's my podcast, Anything for Love, which every week I try to jump on and and share with you thoughts and experiences that I'm having around love and dating and relationships. And like you said, really understanding like, you know, how is it that the relationship between my parents and the relationship yeah. with self, what's that dynamic look like and really helping people to understand that in more detail. Yeah. And you also, uh, you, you have your podcast, anything for love podcast, right? Tell yeah, us about that yeah. and tell us about your experience there. Yeah. So, you know, it, it started with me just helping people understand what love addiction is. Mm -hmm. And that is really my mission in this, in this world is yes, I want women and men to be more empowered um, so that they can literally just ask themselves, what do they need and then go get it. But yeah. I also wanted people to understand that love addiction has no barriers. It is, it is inclusive internationally, all genders, uh, races, 
ethnicities, religions, it it knows no limits. And that's what stinks about addiction, right? Is that again, it's this compulsive need to want to be loved and be validated because if we are, then we feel like we're good enough. Right. And so I, every week come onto the podcast and whether it's myself or bringing in guests, talk about, you know, proving your worth or helping people understand that if you, that, that if in fact you do eat well, it will signal to your brain that it's not in distress. And so I had like a gut specialist come on and talk about how do you just heal, heal your gut so that you don't feel anxious and depressed as often. Wow. Um, So yeah, it's, it started with uh, listening to a lot of podcasts and realizing that this was a beautiful way to have a larger reach internationally. And um, it's been really, I remember quick story. The first time somebody reached out to me, she was a, a college student. And she was from Copenhagen. And she told me, I, I, I think I have love addiction. And we started talking and I was crying on the phone with her because right. I was so moved that the podcast had reached. reached and then another far. person reached out from Copenhagen like a week later. I'm like, do you two know each other? And they're like, no, <laughs> we don't know each other. I'm like, this wow. is incredible. That's like, awesome. It's just such an honor. That is so cool. Yeah, it's, it's amazing the reach that you can have, you know, just one individual who has passion, this drive, this, you know, this, this desire to go out and make a difference in people's lives and how that can, you know, just starts to kind of snowball. And you're obviously doing a lot of things, you know, and you're also, you know, you write a blog or you have a blog and I know you post your podcast on there as well, but I was looking at some of the titles of these and, <laughs> You know, the first one I'm seeing right now says, is your period making you crazy, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but but again, I, I think it's cool because you probably have a lot of women where, I mean, I love that you kind of specifically are targeting women. I know there's some men that have reached out to you, which that'll probably continue and probably even grow. But I bet it, I bet you hear a lot like, hey, it's these women feel safe coming to you. We can talk about women things. And do you, do you get that a lot? I do. And, you know, I find that what I love about that is that the LGBTQIA community has reached out and felt a safe really? haven as well, which has been oh, really right. powerful. Um, and, you know, I've had some transgender clients, some clients who are, are gay or identify as queer mm-hmm. and just women of all bodies and backgrounds. And, and that's why, yeah, I, I do things like, Hey, is your period making you crazy? Because as <laughs> yeah. I'm learning things in real time, <laughs> I want to be able to help educate them to say, Oh, Hey, you know, when you like, can't get a workout in, or you, you're so in your head and you're over, you're over analyzing and you're criticizing yourself. My first question usually to my coaching clients is, so when are you getting your period? And they're like, I'm in it. And I'm like, well, let me tell you something. You're, you're on your first week of your period. Well, that is actually calming symptoms. And I think what it does for people is it just, there's like this aha moment, shoulders drop. And they're like, oh my gosh, this makes perfect sense. And to your point, you know, I think also it helps men to understand like, oh, so this is like, even if they're not coaching with me, right. and they read something that like that, they go, because men have cycles themselves or those who identify as men, but also just being able to understand, like, if we are in a relationship with a woman who is ovulating and she's all of a sudden up, down and everywhere <laughs> around, she's not yeah. crazy. Her hormones are going nuts. Right. Yeah. So it, I think it was a <laughs> It, it honestly, I think selfishly, I did it too, because I was like, I want to understand what, what's going on <laughs> with my body. Sure. Um, but I found that those types of topics do allow people to feel safe, do allow people to feel like they are reassured that, 
that they're not crazy and that they are mm. not alone in how they're feeling and that there's there's ways to heal and to feel better. I, I feel like yeah. I'm living proof of that. And I say that very confidently. Yeah. I was a hot mess back in the day. <laughs> hot mess express is what I say. Hot me. mess express. <laughs> yeah. Now, well, now you're this confident, energetic powerhouse. That's how I'd oh, call you. Yeah. I mean, Thank you really you. are. And I no. receive that. Yeah, no, it's, it's beautiful to watch you do this. So speaking about doing stuff for ourselves and loving ourselves and taking time out, what does a day look like for you? I mean, I know you, you do a ton of coaching and all that stuff and that's your, that's your passion. And, but outside of that, if we could just put that aside for a minute, what is, what does a day look like for Katie? What do you do to keep yourself centered? What do you do to keep yourself, you know, feeling like, you know what, I've got everything in balance and I'm grounded. Ah, Okay. I want to answer this question twofold because okay. I literally just had a conversation with my nutritionist saying, okay, here's what I am doing and it's not working. Okay. All right. So I just want to be honest because this is sure. the stuff I'm doing that's not yeah. working. <laughs> you know, waking up first thing in the morning, going for the gratitude list, yeah. even if it's just in my head. And okay. what I, the practice that I do every morning is I lay in bed because I can't meditate sitting up is <laughs> just letting the gratitude wash over me of all the mm -hmm. things I'm really grateful for and past memories and future memories that I can't even see yet. And then what I'll do is put my hands just below my stomach and I say that I'm willing to receive. And okay. so that way I can make a bigger impact. And then from there, get up. My day includes like, if I'm feeling energetic, I will work out and I'll sit in front of the sun lamp while I get a couple emails out. Oh, cool. Um, but what I was explaining to her is what I've been doing is not taking breaks, running the rat race of like onto the next call and onto the next, and then popping out for like a midday walk and then watching TV right before I fall asleep. That's not right. working anymore. Right. <laughs> That's not yeah. working anymore. Okay. So what I have found is, an, and I was actually putting this into my calendar just before we spoke was, you know, I, I try to build in time. I have a family and, and a boyfriend up here. So building in time a couple days a week where I get to just zone out and be with yeah. them. Um, and then going, I love walking and really just, to, I moved to a new uh, town. I'm in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And so really just looking at this beautiful town that I live in now. And then really, I think one of the things, I just bought a grounding mat that's laying next to me and oh, cool. did that right before we were talking so that I could just feel a little bit sure. more like back into my body. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is I dance and I dance a lot. Like I, I've seen some night, of your I, posts. <laughs> oh man. I have so much fun with it. And I crack myself up when I'm doing it, which is not, I don't right. mean to, but, yeah. um, but I think that for me, dancing has always just been a, a way to express myself. And I feel so in flow when I'm dancing, I think of yeah. nothing else other than dancing. Um, and so it's been nice to reconnect with that part of me again. Yeah. I've, you know, I've, I've followed you on your social media and, uh, <laughs> that's why I, I just know you're, this is energetic ball of fire because <laughs> just watching you dance and sing and move around and talk. And I'm like, man, this woman's got more energy. <laughs> I love it. It's so true. You'd never it. know that I'm suffering from a t adrenal fatigue right now. Cause I, and I said to her, I go, I don't, uh -huh. I don't know how I'm feeling adrenal exhaustion because yeah. I still feel energetic, but I think what it is, is, you know, I, I'm just, I'm happy and, yeah. I'm just really grateful for where things are. And in the moments where the anxiety pops up or things don't go the way that they're planned, I, I really try to be honest about that on Instagram yeah. when I've processed it. I'm not hitting sure. you like, you know, I just had a panic attack. It's, it's more like, let me think about where that was coming from and yeah. really try to share the moments of like, 
the laughing and the joy mixed with the, oh shit. <laughs> yep, right. Well, I think that's why um, you're good at what you do and, and what I'm getting from you, even just even talking to you face to face here, um, that you're, you're relatable. You know, you use that word, you're authentic. Um, and I would imagine your clients, if you were to pull them and ask them, do you feel safe with me? They would say yes. And yeah. I, I, I've noticed in my coaching, that's one of the things I really want my clients to feel is like they, you know, they can feel safe to be real and authentic back, you know, and I, and yes. I get that from you. Yeah. Thank you. It is definitely an environment that I've tried to create by leading by example. Right. right. And, and just telling them, like I had a client the other day say, Oh, I know I should, I should already know this by now. And I said, <laughs> how the hell are you supposed to know this right. by now? We've been working together for like how many months? Like, Right. And you're how old? Like, no, no, no. <laughs> this is what I'm here for, babe. Like this is, yeah. this is why we work through this. And you, you just heard her back on the, on the message go, Oh my God. Yeah, that's right. I'm not supposed yeah. to know this just yet. And I'm like, yeah. oh, cool. You're practicing. <laughs> you're practicing. You're practicing. I love that. Well, yeah. if, there's, if there's someone listening to this podcast right now and they're struggling, um, they're having a rough time. And especially when it comes to maybe there's someone listening that has a love addiction um, and they're not sure what, what to do, what advice could you give? I mean, you've obviously given a bunch already, but if you could specifically yeah. hit that one person right now, what would you tell them? What could they do? Yes. So I would say for the person that's really suffering from these classic symptoms of love addiction, which most of my clients are, whether they're in, they're still acting out or they've right. taken time off and they're like, Hey, I'm ready to get, I'm not ready to get back out there yet. But yeah. what I always say to them is the first thing to do is, is, is stop feeling as though you're the only one who's going through it and that you're the only one who can figure it out for you. That was my mistake. I suffered for many, many years thinking that if I just do this and I just do that and I just read this book, yeah. the, what I've learned has, I didn't learn in a book. Yeah. I, I learned it by going into a 12 step recovery program that I got to go to whenever I wanted to and still do when I want to. Yeah. And allowed me to be surrounded by people who got me and they were yeah. perfect strangers. So I would say if you're at like the depths of the despair, you're not able to pay for coaching, start with a 12 step recovery program. There's nothing to be ashamed about. Right. You're going to walk in there and be like, why the hell did I not do this earlier? <laughs> um, and then yeah. for those of you um, who are ready to take it to the next level, I say for all my clients, all of them are in 12 step now because I've encouraged them to. Um, but, and again, I just want to be very careful that with 12 step, I'm not being paid by them to talk about this. I am literally just sharing because sure. this is the shit that has worked for me. Yeah. Right. Um, but that you got to find somebody who has already done this before. Who's the person that you know, or that you want to get to know that you hear them and you go, Oh, wow. I really resonate yeah. with the life that they're, they had because yeah. I'm living that life now, or I want to live the life that feels happier and more fulfilled sure. and have them show you how to get there quicker. And I know for me, it took me, you know, 10 years of actively being in recovery and spending all this time and money, et cetera. And, you know, my clients are seeing results in two freaking weeks, which is yeah. exciting. And in the same sure. breath, I'm like, damn, had I not done that 10 years ago, I know. you know, you, you kind of go, oh man, where would I be? but yeah. I'm exactly where I need to be. And yeah. those who are listening right now and can really identify with some of the symptoms and characteristics I mentioned, um, you're exactly where you need to be. The only thing that you, 
I personally think is you got to get out of your own way and go ask for help. Yeah. Wow. That's great advice. I love that. Very well said. If someone wants to reach out to you, Katie, and get to know you better, ask you a question, find your coaching and your courses and all of that, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, there's two ways. You can go directly to Instagram, kg.katiegrimes, or you can head to my website, which is katiegrimes.com. Everything you need to know is going to be home-based, Katie, katiegrimes.com. And you can actually book a direct call with me there. Oh, wow. um, and me and okay. a member of my team will be sure to, to, to get time with you so that I can get to know you better and, um, and see how I can point you in the right direction. That's, that's great. Um, so they can actually schedule a one-on-one call with you. Yeah. And I don't, okay. and, and I don't that's charge beautiful. for the first time. I, okay. I want people, it's, it's like dating. Like I say, it's a chance <laughs> for us to like, are we laughing at the same shit? Yeah, are we doing do, good? We, do we get each other? Do we yeah. want to commit in this way? And I like yeah. the pressure of just kind of going on the first date, like taking the pressure off of the first date. Let's just yeah. have a conversation, <laughs> see where this goes and be able to help guide you in the right direction. And even if I'm not the best fit, or I don't feel like where you're at in your recovery is something that I can help with. I have a, I, I find myself to be a connector. And so I have a ton of other resources where I can point you in the right direction. But if I can help you, I want to help you. And um, I'm looking forward to that chance to do that. So every, every first call is free. So I'm happy to chat. Love that. That is so cool. I, I don't think a lot of people offer that in that way. So th- I think that's very cool. And I hope, I hope our listeners will take, uh, take you up on that. Um, one, one, one more thing I want to ask you is what's been the best thing about your day today? The best thing about my day today. Oh, my best friend. She FaceTimed me literally 20 minutes before we were about to get on this uh-huh. podcast because I haven't seen her son with everything that's going on with COVID. Oh, and so okay. he's just learning how to walk. So it's just him in oh, the FaceTime. Right and he's got this big old smile on his face. <laughs> and it was just like, I just started crying. And I said to her, I've missed him so much. Like you just made my day by doing this like small act of kindness. Um, and then it, we just had a lot of laughs and chased. And then he took the phone away from her. And right. <laughs> now I can't see him, you know, yeah, but right. was cute. <laughs> no, he was that's, awesome. That's beautiful. Thank you, Katie. Well, I want to thank you uh, for taking some time out of your busy schedule to to come do this belief cast that I've been doing. And it's truly my honor to have you on. Um, I love what you do. I love the way you live your life. Um, I love that you're making an impact on people's lives. You know, this world, as we know right now, is kind of in turmoil, not even kind of, it's in turmoil. And we need more compassion, love and light um, and sympathy and, and people who are relatable and you're, you're kind of filling that void for so many people. So I want to thank you for just being you and for what you're doing. And, and I just, I can't thank you enough for being on this show today. Thank you so much. And, and I want to echo that back to you is that for you to be able to, you know, spend your time and open this podcast up to those of us like myself, but also all the listeners too. I'm just really grateful because it, like you said, I, I do believe that we need each other right now. We need each other yeah, more than ever. And sure this is a really beautiful way to connect and feel like we're not alone, but um, Mm. also have some laughs in the process too, you know? Mm. So thank you for being a conduit for that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it's cool to sit here and feel connected with you. And like you said, it's like, I feel so much better just talking to you today. I really do. 
I do too. Like, I like do so too. far, this has been the best part of my day. So thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's such an honor. I really yeah. appreciate that. And, yeah. and there's just such a, a genuine, genuine and generosity to you that is just really authentic as well. So I, I'm oh, really glad you. that we combined forces today. Finally. And hopefully somebody heard what they needed to yeah. hear and to get the help that they need to. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to ring on a lot of ears today. So thank you so much. Uh, Katie, you're amazing. Uh, please reach out to Katie guys. It's katiegrimes.com and you'll find everything you need. You'll learn more about her and schedule that call, take her up on it and uh, get to know her a little bit. And, and, you know, even if you don't think you have a love addiction, if you're struggling with anything, reach out to her, you know, and if she can't maybe do it, she'll guide you in the right direction. But if anything, you'll, you'll feel the same connection that I'm feeling today. So um, thank you so much for joining us. And again, thank you, Veracity Networks, for all your support. And again, Paul Cardall, thank you for this beautiful music. And I love all of you guys. And then thank you for uh, trusting me and believing in me. Until next time. See you guys later. Thanks, Katie. Thank you.